Welcome or welcome back to Pre-Arb Excellence, a Roots-based Chicago Cubs podcast with an eye on player development. Questions are always welcomed on Twitter, Tim815, on the Anchor Contest line, or on my Facebook Pre-Arb Excellence group. Thanks for stopping by for today's episode, Nico and Billy, and ask me questions if I was confusing. Satisfactory win today. It was long, it was arduous, it was torturous to follow, but it was satisfactory at the end. Two plays, for one reason or another, deserve special attention, and both of them kind of involve Nico Horner. One of them was shortly after a two-run double, to it, which actually had the bases loaded. I was unaware the Cubs were allowed to have base hits while the bases were loaded. But apparently, Nico did not receive the memo. Horner knocks a double. Then a ground ball to second base results in two-run scoring as Nico Horner absolutely schooled the Reds with his base running. Nico's not really that fast, but he's really smart. And when the second baseman skidded to a stop and threw to first from his back pocket, Nico Horner knew he could take off because once the throw was being made, the second baseman wasn't going to be able to adjust anything. So Nico could just keep on rolling, keep on trucking, and it wasn't even that close of a play at home. And not only did the ground ball get Edward Elzelay off the hook, Horner's run put the Cubs out in front for good. And shortly thereafter, Sonny Gray was done for the night, and it was fantastic. And Nico is going to be a very good player And when you assess players as per wins above replacement, and I dig the wins above replacement concept. I also dig the concept of how much value has this person added to the team this year and link that up against how much he's made this year. All that kind of stuff is wonderful. Nico Horner's numbers aren't going to be there this year. Nico Horner's numbers weren't there last year. They will probably be there at some point, eventually, probably before he's out of being a cost-controlled player, probably before he escapes the pre-arbitration area. He should be definitely, he should be contributing. I'm not going to say definitely. He should be contributing quite well. Possibly even one of those gems, which is a three plus wins above type before he's making a million dollars. The Cubs had four of those in 2016. That's how you win a title, especially when on top of the four, you have Anthony Rizzo doing what he was doing, making five million. So you had five players who were absolutely shredding that combined were making $10 million. If you can do that, 
you can get quite far in a postseason. Okay, so Nico Horner had his very good at bat and very good base running in the fourth inning. Now we skip to the eighth inning. Seventh inning? Eighth, eighth inning, I think it was. I think it was the... No, it was the seventh. Is the seventh. Bottom of the seventh. Nico Horner's on first base with one out. And David Ross sends in Billy Hamilton to pinch run for him. And my timeline went berserk. How can you do this? <sighs> Hamilton was brought in for two reasons and two reasons only. He can run and he can play defense. Nico Horner is a good base runner. He is not a good base stealer. And a lot of people who question the move, I'm guessing it's probably because Horner is considered a better defender than Ildemero Vargas. I haven't done the research. I don't trust that there are any numbers out there that would tell me if Ildemero Vargas is a markedly better defender than Nico Horner. I doubt those numbers exist. If someone can show me something that is compelling enough that Nico Horner is a much better defender than Ildemero Vargas, I do a lot of stratomatic baseball, less so since I've been increasing the blog work, the podcast work, I mean. With Stratomatic, players are assessed on two different levels. One is making plays, you know, extends his reach and, you know, makes a play that should have been a single, turns that play into an out. That's one sort of way that players are assessed. And then the other is errors. So some players have incredible range, but make a lot of errors. Some players don't have much range, but don't make many errors. So there's a little bit of a give and take there. And I haven't figured out... I haven't figured out who Nico Horner is right now. And I certainly haven't figured out who Ildemira Vargas is right now. So as far as... If there is a moderately tough chance, which player is more likely to make the play, Ildemero Vargas or Nico Horner? The ground ball in the bottom of the eighth, top of the eighth, correction. The ground ball in the top of the eighth where Vargas made the grab, flipped it to Baez, who did not complete the catch I don't know if anyone can convince anyone that that play would have turned out differently with Nico Horner. Maybe yes, maybe no. I think it's really kind of too close to call. Uh, in Stratomatic, they have ratings of one for if you're a Hall of Fame type, gold, uh, I mean, a gold glove type. So if you are Ozzie Smith, you're a one. Cal Ripken at shortstop was generally a two. He would make the plays, 
but there were plays that he wouldn't be able to reach because his range was limited. Then you have guys who are three, who are league average, low league average. Then you have guys who are four, who are pretty much hideous. And then there are guys who are five, which is, well, apparently all your other players who can play the position are injured. Otherwise, he wouldn't be in there. So where do you put Nico Horner? Right now, I think probably he's a three. Ildemiro Vargas, he's probably a three. I don't know. Maybe one of them, maybe Vargas would be a four. I don't know. But instead of the, I'm wearing a Cubs cap and I like Nico Horner, so Nico Horner should be out there. If you're trying to polish the game off defensively, I don't think there's that much of a difference between Ildemiro Vargas and Nico Horner. If you have figures that show me, Tim, you're wrong, you ought to do me a culpa and say, yeah, I was wrong. Show me the numbers. I'll adjust it. But I really don't think there's that much of a difference right now today between Nico Horner and Ildemiro Vargas at second base for an eighth inning, ninth inning situation. If it's a huge difference, you know, you're talking um, <laughs> Robbie Cano 10 years ago and Robbie Cano now, then, yeah, you would definitely want Robbie Cano 10 years ago as opposed to Robbie Cano now. But I don't think there's that much of a difference between the two. So then what you're looking at is what is the likelihood of Billy Hamilton stealing second base? And if Billy Hamilton steals second base, how much does it help the likelihood of the Cubs scoring a run? I watched on the Reds feed because one of the people I follow is a Reds writer and he was commenting on, wow, that was a fantastic throw by Tyler Stevenson, which it was. There, that was That's textbook. That is how you shoot down a good base dealer, a very good base dealer. In Sports Illustrated, no matter who the pitcher is, no matter who the catcher is, no matter who the base stealer is, you can have a broken down catcher who's the absolute not guy that you want in there. Usually he plays another position, but you have to stick him in at catcher because all the other guys are hurt. You can have a pitcher that's absolutely terrible at holding the base runner on. So you're stealing second, but if you roll a 20, you're out. You roll a 20, you're out. It doesn't matter what the strategy was, what the base was you were stealing, who the, it, it just doesn't matter. Whether he was being held on or not, it just doesn't matter. If you roll a 20, you're out. That was a 20. That throw, Billy Hamilton didn't even think of arguing he knew he slid into it and just trotted to the dugout. Tip your cap. I really think 90% of the time, Billy Hamilton steals that base. So then what you're looking at is Ian Happ with a one-strike count and a runner on second base that is Billy Hamilton. Now, do you think maybe, 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 the Ian Happ at bat progresses somewhat differently, somewhat differently, if Hamilton's on second, 
instead of nobody on. All hypothetical. All hypothetical. But I think there's a legitimate chance that uh, they might pitch him differently. You know, you don't want him to loop a ball into left field and have Hamilton score and all that kind of stuff. But, okay, Hap strikes out. Bottom of the eighth inning starts off, and Chris Bryant hits a a four-hopper to the left fielder, which would have scored Billy Hamilton with two outs. I think much of the complaining on pinch-running Hamilton for Horner, I think part of it is Cubs fans are probably overrating Nico Horner defensively right now or possibly underrating Ildemiro Vargas. I think they're really close. I don't really think there's a whole lot of difference between the two. And as of right now, if you would give Ildemiro Vargas 400 chances of similar uh, similar plays, and you gave the same 400 chances to Nico Horner, I don't think there's much of a difference. I really don't think there's that much of a difference. Possibly Horner's better. But you give me the top two hitters in any major league order. Leadoff man has an 0-1 count. And the number two hitter is next. And Billy Stinking Hamilton is on second. I'll take my chances on a run scoring there. Might not happen. And with Jeremy Jeffress sitting in the bullpen... Probably wasn't going to matter anyway. So, um, Cubs Cubs escaped either way. But I'm completely good. I'm completely good with the way Rossi handled it. It's not a, regardless how you're going to fr- um, wind it up, regardless the uh, narrative you want, it wasn't a bad call. Perhaps questionable. I wouldn't argue it was a questionable call because um, it they certainly could have scored with Horner on first and Happ and Bryant coming up. But to an extent, I think Ross wants to get used to having a base runner because he hasn't had one. He just hasn't had a good base stealer. He hasn't had a good... So when do you pinch run him? Get him used to the Wrigley Field track. Get him used to, you know, get everybody on the team used to him being around and see how it plays out. Um, I have no problem with the call. The only way it's going to misfire is if the bullpen blows up. And if the bullpen's going to blow up, the bullpen's going to blow up whether Nico Horner or Ildemir Vargas is second because I'm not sold on them being all that much different. So, yeah, you can get upset at the uh, pinch run, but I'm completely good with it. I'm completely good with it. Jeremy Jeffress as a reliever for the Cubs, I need a a category for him because I'm trying to figure out who's been the most recent guy who was added as a, well... I guess we'll add this guy because we kind of could use the help and the cost isn't that prohibitive. He was, 
well, I guess you kind of have. He's been sensational. The one game he had that didn't work was when they asked him to go out and pitch a second inning. Note to self, don't have Jeremy Jeffers pitch a second inning. He's great in the first one, not so much in the second. Um, I need a category for him. If you guys can come up with anything. I He is... I don't I don't have a category to fit him in. I don't have anybody that I can remember that the Cubs just absolutely decided, well, I guess we might as well pick this guy up. And he's been amazing. He's been absolutely amazing. Um, I don't really have a whole lot else because most of this was uh, Nico and Billy. And the numbers, oh, did I read the numbers the other time? In case I didn't, I think I did it in case I didn't. And where did I write them? I wrote them. I'm having a whole lot of stuff that I've written down. And I have like nine sheets of paper that I'm looking at. And I should probably get better at that. Uh, St. Louis is at 17. Milwaukee is at 13. Cincinnati is at 11. And Pittsburgh is at 9. If the Cubs win, all the numbers go down 1. If any team loses, they go down one. St. Louis and Cincinnati play three this weekend. Something going to go down. And Milwaukee and St. Louis still have ten games remaining. Something's going to go down. And again, no matter who it is, it's very beneficial for the Cubs. If the Cardinals go if the Cardinals lose 7 of 10, well, their number drops to 12. Makes a whole lot easier for the Cubs based on anything else. If the Brewers' number drops a bunch, all it takes is three numbers to hit zero and the Cubs are in. And it could be if the two numbers hit zero and somebody else is at one. That reminds me, I've got to pick up my, uh, my thing when I go grocery shopping that I celebrate when the Cubs do something well. Because uh, the numbers, they're getting low. Thanks for stopping by Pre-Arb Excellence. I'll try to post another podcast as circumstances warrant. Uh, Wow. I'll attempt to make that one worth your time as well. Be safe. Go Cubs go. And be nice to people.